0: Welcome to the Adult Child of Dysfunction Podcast, where we untangle the past, rewrite the present, and reclaim our future. I am your host, Tammy Vincent, and together we will break free from old patterns, heal wounds, and create new narratives. Are you ready to transform the effects of your dysfunctional past into your superpowers? Are you excited to get back in touch with your true authentic self? If so, then hit subscribe and join me weekly on the Adult Child of Dysfunction Podcast, here we will learn from experts as well as experienced thrivers how to turn our trials into smiles while living our most authentic and joyful lives. Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another another episode. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Kim Roy. Kim do you go 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 by Kim or Kimberly? Kim, preferably.
1: Kim? Thank you.
0: Okay, perfect. Kim is a strategic pitching professional dedicated to empowering ambitious coaches, creatives, and service providers, and confidently building their authority, increasing credibility, and growing their network so they can gain more clients with ease. Her passion for inspiring entrepreneurs to harness the power of their stories stems from leveraging her own personal story, turning the profound loss of her father into strength, turning pain into power in all areas of her life, thus motivating her to leave behind a 20-year career in compliance banking. Leveraging her professional experience and keen perception, she now helps fellow business owners enhance their brand visibility and create mutually beneficial collaborations and partnerships. In her spare time, Kim enjoys running, spending time outdoors, curling up with an enjoyable book, and soaking up invaluable time with her family. She also obviously enjoys planning because look at the calendar behind her for those that are watching this live. (laughs) Welcome, Kim, glad to have you.
1: Thank you, Tammy. It's so great to be here. Um, yeah, so I mean, exactly what you just, you know, introduced me as, that's really me in a nutshell, without diving too deep into it, because I'm sure we will touch on some points today. I lost my father very uh, suddenly and unexpectedly in uh, on New Year's Day of 2019, and I was six months pregnant with my daughter. And mm-hmm. so it turned my world completely upside down. Um, new mother, you know, for, well, not yet, you know, I was six months pregnant, but upcoming new mother. Uh, I left my mother a widow. I'm an only child. My parents were self-employed. So I really had a lot uh, to step into to help my mom really get back on her feet. Um, so really being the rock and the strength for her, and then also just welcoming this new baby into the world. I never actually took time for myself, right? To, to grieve the loss that I experienced um, and whatnot. So like I said, it turned my world upside down. Anger took over. Uh, it nearly uh, jeopardized my marriage. and it was it took about two years of being in that survival mode uh, to have the wake-up call that I needed. and it was it was the sheer fact that I was on on the brinks of losing my marriage, and I was not about to let that happen. And that was the wake-up call I needed to really turn my life around. And I did that. Um, Through healing, I found community, allowed myself to be rid of the shame I felt for the anger that I embodied for so long, shared my story quite courageously and vulnerably, um, and learned through that experience that I'm not alone, that there are so many of us that are you know, carrying around with us traumas or you know whatever the situation is, um, and it's when you can take such a traumatic event, uh, like a loss or just something, and really turn your life around from it. And that's exactly what I've been working on over the last few years. Uh, so much so that I went as far as to change my career. I'm now self-employed in a completely different industry. I absolutely love it. I work with women, uh, supporting women in in their businesses, and um, it's become quite the passion of mine.
0: Sounds like a a great way to go and a great way to take something that is painful and turn it into purpose. And I think a lot of the listeners here are kind of at that same point. And a lot of the coaches I work with are the same thing. Like my parents were alcoholics and now I want to help children of alcoholics. Dealing with anger, though, it can be absolutely debilitating. And especially a lot of the people that are listening on this podcast, they are used to not feeling anything. They're used to being stifled and and told not to feel emotions, not to get angry, not to get happy, not to get sad. So when you have something that so naturally brings up so many, I mean, that's one of the stages of grief is you're going to go through anger of why and the loss and the hurt and to not be able to do that. I can't even imagine. So you talked about, I know we talked about before the episode about the big T and little T traumas. So obviously losing your father is a big T trauma. I mean, that's huge. That's just immediate on the spot happened right now. And it's, it's like a getting hit by a two by four. Talk a little bit more about when you started your healing journey, you kind of went back and discovered there was a lot more of these little T traumas that were actually impacting probably your healing journey.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I learned So much about myself and it really now in hindsight, I can look back and I can think, wow, you know, obviously I would never want to take that day back the day I got the phone call that I lost my father I would never want to go back in time and relive that and I would give anything to have him back. However, I've come so far in my healing journey now that I can sit here with gratitude. For where i am because if it weren't for that life event happening i don't know where i would be today truly if it weren't for the anger that took over for the better part of two years of my life as a new mom and, and really having an impact on my marriage, if it weren't for that happening, I don't know where I would be today. And I say that because yes, the trauma of losing my father absolutely triggered my anger tenfold. Um, it really took over my identity. It became a huge part of who I was. I was living and breathing it day in and day out. The thing is though, is I didn't actually realize that I had an anger problem. So what happened is I really acted out my anger. I projected a lot, especially on my husband because, you know, he's, he's my rock. He's my safe zone at home. Right. And so I would have an overwhelming day at work and something with my mom would come up really helping her again, you know, getting back up on her feet and whatnot. And I'd come home and I'd take it out on him. Um, I'd slam some cupboards. I would pick petty fights and a lot of the energy was just being directed in his direction. Um, and I wasn't doing it to hurt him. I was hurting and I, I just didn't real, like it just was so much a part of who I was. I didn't realize that this was happening as it was happening. Right. Um, but it took for that wake up call to happen for me to kind of snap out of it and think, Oh wow, no, I really do need some help here. And, and so through, you know, uncovering that, um, I realized that I actually had carried anger with me even as a child. So it came out in different ways as a child. But I'll give you an example. Some of my really, really good friends that I'm still really good friends with to this day, you know, would refer to me as uh Spicy Kim or oh, the Kim Tude. And because I came across with not really an aggressive energy, but I was really bold um, and, and very insecure. So anytime anybody tried to tease me, I was so defensive. And that's where a lot of that anger energy would kind of present itself. And so through my healing journey, what I was able to uncover, um, with that anger that I carried as a child is a lot of that was tied to, uh, people pleasing in the sense of pleasing my parents. So I, I'm an only child and, uh, my, my parents, specifically my father, very type A, very driven serial entrepreneur, go, go, go. And he himself was a perfectionist. So where he held such high standards for himself, he held those same standards on me and he did it with so much love i mean my father and i had a bond like no other i was daddy's little girl um but it's a lot of those generational patterns that we carry with us right so the perfectionism it's always striving for the best thing and but that that standard that you set, it keeps shifting because even when you hit it you've already set another standard for yourself right so a lot of the anger i noticed that i was carrying was anger with myself for not being "quote unquote" good enough or doing enough, um, and it's it's really it significantly impacted my confidence in a way where I feel like such an imposter all the time with anything that I set out to do. So this has been such a huge part of my healing journey, not only allowing myself to grieve the loss that I experienced five years ago, but to really start shifting this identity that I've been carrying with me my entire life and grieve that identity as well as I step into this new version of myself, who I am meant to be. And, um, and that is a a badass woman, right? I think we <laughs> right. all we all have that power within us. And we we need to give ourselves permission to uncover that because innately we are worthy. And um, and anger doesn't define who we are. I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing I've learned is when anger is surfacing and when it and when it knocks on your door, it's really there as a signal to let you know that there's something else beneath the surface that needs to be looked at, that needs to be felt and processed. Um, and so what I'm grateful for today too is having the awareness and now I am aware when anger surfaces I'm like oh wait a minute let me take a step back before you know I react in a way that's you know unhealthy Um, and instead I can kind of recompose myself and process it in a way that um, is a little more healthy right
0: oh yeah absolutely and I love that you said it was just Being angry with yourself because so so much of it gets turned inward. You know, obviously perfectionism is a myth. I look at it like I'm like, okay, the standards you set for yourself, would you ever set those standards for somebody that worked for you or somebody that you cared about or somebody that you loved? And you absolutely wouldn't. You know, you set them so much higher. And then what do you do? You don't reach them a lot of times because you set them unrealistically. And then you end up spending the next month or two months or a year or whatever it is beating yourself up about it. And it's like, so that self-love portion is so hard. I'm actually in a summit right now that just started running, I think a couple of days ago. And it's called the Self-Love Summit. And I thought, wow, 14 days of just people talking about self-love and how to love yourself and how to be compassionate with yourself. I was like, is there really that much information? But boy, as you're listening, you get a new perspective after perspective after perspective and story after story of people that had to learn because you don't, you know? like you said, it's, we're all born beautiful. We're all born innately amazing. And we just, then life happens and it kind of knocks that out of us a little bit. And we need to be reminded and we need to go back and feel that self-love. Were you, there was a question I was going to ask you, and now it's not, it's on the tip of my tongue and I'm trying to figure it out. Oh gosh. So you talked about the anger and from being younger and the, the vulnerability and, I guess I'm trying to picture, like, I guess it makes sense. If you're angry inside and you're also bold, that could definitely be a good, a bad combination. As far as to friends and relationships, because I was definitely an angry child, but I wasn't bold yet. So I just ate it all up and it just ate me up instead of, I was not a projector. I wasn't out of the yeller and the screamer and that, you know, snarky little comment kind of person. Um, It actually became, it was funny as I went through my healing process, that section of me kind of came out. It kind of went through a transition. (laughs) So it was like, I didn't have a voice. So I just ate it, let it eat me up. And then I got through like, okay, now I'm starting to have a voice, but I was still a little projecting. And then it finally was like, okay, curiosity, like you said, and I love that you said that don't, I mean, give yourself some grace when you start to feel those anger feelings, be curious. Why are they there? Why am I doing this? Because I know it's not me. I know it's not the me I want to be, but instead of getting angry at yourself and turning it back in and being like, you know, you're so mean, you're so you're an awful person. Just be curious because there's always a reason as to why. So how's your mom doing? Is she doing much better?
1: She's, you know, my mother's living her best life. (laughs) You know, what was, what was, what happened with her? And so I'm an only child. So after we lost my father um, and she had to be on her own, we lost them on the first January first, 2019, and as you know, COVID happened, 2020. So that first year was a lot of her really like, you know, let's let's get up from under the feathers here. Let's figure out how to live life again, right? So she took the better part of that time to really grieve, and then COVID happened, and she was you know secluded to her home. Yeah. So she had so much time. She's retired, so she had so much time on her own to truly go within and heal. And I say that she actually accepted my father's loss faster than I did. And I think it's because of that. Um, and then, you know, she, she reconnected with some of her girlfriends who also happened to all be very recent widows. Wow. So, you know, during the pandemic, they connected, um, virtually. And then now they, I mean, they, they go out together. They go out to dinner. I, I joke that she's got a better social life than I do now, <laughs> but no, she's doing, she's doing quite well. So thank you for asking.
0: Yeah, no. And that's, that's tough. I have a a very dear friend of mine is a grief coach and her brand is the positive widow. And the stories are just, I mean, watching her progress and watching her grow and watching her start to live her best life again is absolutely amazing. So it's good. It's good that she got the help and the support groups because it's so important. You know, so It important. really
1: is so incredibly important. And, you know, the one thing I had so much empathy for her, too, in that moment, even when I was so angry and sometimes angry with her for needing me so much during, you know, the, the early, you know, the early years um, after we lost him. But I had so much empathy for her because I thought, man, if I'm struggling this much at the loss of my father, I could not imagine losing my life partner um and so putting myself in her shoes and thinking about what would i do if i lost my husband right um, so a lot of empathy, a lot of empathy for her. And, um, and then it, it took for me to learn to have empathy for myself and to give myself grace and to say, yeah, of course I'm feeling this way. Of course yes. I'm feeling this way because I, I too went through a lot. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, absolutely. So, but when you talk about self-care um, and self-love and that's really what it comes down to is, 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 yes, the grace and compassion for yourself and just being empathetic with yourself. Just understanding that, you know, of course I feel this way. I'm going through a really challenging time right now, you know? Yep. One of my favorite expressions is it's okay
0: to not be okay. (laughs) Yes. And and so many people are like, you have to be tough. You have to be strong. Like in in the instance of your mom, like you could have put on this big brave front and sucked it all in and been there for your mom 100% and not given yourself the ability and the time because you do need to grieve it. Um, being that it was New Year's day, does that make a difference in your holidays? And I'm asking this because so many people, holidays are tough for people. I lost my father on Christmas day, seven years ago, and it's very hard to reframe Christmas like into this positive, happy, joyous time. How did you do that?
1: Uh, I can let you know when I do.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect. That's what I was going to say.
1: No. And I, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's fascinating because I'm so much more aware now. Uh, that there seems to be loss that happens more for, I mean, it happens all year round, right? But it seems to be, that it happens a lot around the holidays. I'm just so aware of it now because of my own experience. But New Year's Day is not the same for me at all. Every year, you know, I know it's coming. As we start getting closer, we enter the fourth quarter of the year. I'm aware because I know that it's a difficult time of year for me for that anniversary. Um, and I'm aware of it. And I, and I always think, I'll be quote unquote okay, right? right? And I think, oh, I, you know, I've I've done I I'm I'm okay. I'm I am I'm aware of what's happening. and We're getting there. Yes, yes, yes. The day comes, it takes me out at the knees every year. And this year was no different. I was literally fine even the day before. I was, you know, celebrating. I have a four-year-old, so we we really try to celebrate with her, of course, and it's I don't want to make it all about um the, the loss of my father. But on that day, um, yeah, it's just grief is interesting like that. It really can show up out of nowhere and, and you really have no idea. Sometimes you don't have any idea why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Even Absolutely. just earlier this week, I was really having a day where I was just kind of feeling down in the dumps and I was being hard on myself. And I thought, why am I feeling this way? And I went out for a walk. I did, a I did a, um, a walking meditation. It was later, late afternoon. So it was dusk. The moon was out, and I just had this moment. It was me and the moon. And all of a sudden, I realized I, I just had this moment of awareness that oh, I'm grieving today, and I was in grief. And the second I I acknowledged it, it released its its control over me, and I can feel the weight lifting off my shoulders. So it really does come. Um, in waves. It comes at any time, sometimes when you least expect it and when you expect it. Like for me on on New Year's Day, it'll it'll never be the same for me, I don't think. Um but I I try to make the most of it as best as I can. Yeah, I
0: try to look forward like as I'm leading up to Christmas Day. You know, I I'm just thankful for everything I have. Thankful for every, you know, and I I always said like the very first Christmas after that, I said how I act this Christmas is going I felt like in my heart, I felt like it was going to determine every Christmas going forward. You know what I mean? And I was so I was determined. I was like, no, we're going to do all the same rituals. We're going to do everything. And my father always spent Christmas Day with us. So it was like I was like, you know what? No, we're just going to make new traditions. We're going to make new. We're going to just embrace what we have and be thankful for what we have. But I know a lot of listeners do struggle around the holidays. And I try to, you know, kind of instill in them if that you you just carry that feeling of gratitude for what you do have all throughout the year it kind of lessens, not lessens, I don't want to say lessens, but it it lessens that punch a little bit for at least for me, it does, you know, if I'm grateful for the whole month for what I have and, and celebrate his life, then it doesn't have quite that whack when I wake up on Christmas day, like this is an anniversary, you know, Um, and grieving, as we know, is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. there's no time limit on grieving. Like there's nothing worse that you can say to someone than, Oh, it's been, you know, it's been one year, get over it. It's been one year, move on. It's there's no, that's everybody grieves differently at their own time, at their own pace. And you just have to, like you said, give yourself some grace for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes.
1: So everybody, you know, grieves differently, right? Like you said, there's no timeline on it. And I would say the same is true for any healing journey that anyone Mm. is on, right? So any trauma that you're healing from, um, give yourself the time you need, especially, and I think it's just so important to understand too, that emotions are stored in your body. So Mm -hmm. whenever you experience a trauma, it stays stored in your body. And if 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 your body hasn't actually processed and released that, it can take a long time. Um, and even once it processes some of it, we don't know how much our bodies actually store of it. So really understanding that there's actually quite a bit of science behind the emotions of it um, and just giving yourself grace for, for where you're at in your journey um, and knowing that there's really no timeline.
0: Exactly. And I love that you said that they're, you know, putting the science behind it. Cause I've said that so many times it's, if you you know sometimes it was easier for me like when i understood like oh i am look my brain physically changed when i was abused and, and neglected like my my cortex is smaller it's you know so it's like knowing that there was science behind it it allowed me to not blame myself and it was just one more like kind of niche in the belt to say it's not your fault you are worthy to heal because that's the biggest thing and you mentioned it already is people need to feel 100 worthy to be able to enjoy that best life. And until you till you do, you're constantly just going to be running on that treadmill, but it's good to see, I mean, you're here. I love the fact that you just walked away from a 20 year career. How did that happen? I mean, what was your, like, oh, I think I'll be a coach.
1: <laughs> well, so it so, well, true story, and I'm being completely transparent here. I actually lost my job, which is okay. really what propelled me in that direction. I will say though, i truly believe that i manifested the the loss of my job because in the you know several months leading up to that moment i really had started feeling you know i had been in, in the same industry for 20 years and really niched in exactly what i was doing for about 10 years loved it uh really had such a passion for it, and i was great at it too and 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 it was great for a really long time and then Yeah, and that last year leading up to the loss of my job, I really started feeling, um, uh, you know, like it wasn't fulfilling me anymore, like there was a disconnect and I couldn't really put my finger on it, I truly believe it's because, as I healed as a person, right? Here I am working on myself personally so I could heal the grief, heal the anger. But during that time of healing, you're evolving. I mean, we evolve all the time as human beings, right? But I evolved tremendously. I mean, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I really let go of this old identity, grieved that identity to step into who I who I wanted to become, who I needed to become. And I truly believe that it's it's through that that um I, that's where the disconnect started happening with my profession and my career. And so I started kind of getting curious. I was like, well, you know, if not this, then what?" And it's not, I wasn't taking massive action but it was the energy that I was putting out there and so that you know what ultimately ended up happening my company and my department was going through a restructure I was a part of the restructure I was I was um you know new people were being added to my team the the everything was set in motion with human resources everything was happening um and so I say I was a part of the plan until I wasn't a part of the plan and and they just decided you know we don't actually need your position anymore um and so of course I mean I had to grieve that right there was grief that happened with that as well that was also a traumatic event for me however i was also um aware of the opportunity that was being presented to me and i thought you know I'm like, there's an opportunity being presented here that I I, ha- I I just can't turn my back to it. I have to do something with it. And I remember the moment like it was yesterday. I was getting ready to update my resume, start applying, you know, for other jobs in the same industry and doing the same profession I was doing. And there in my body was just like, no, not this, not this. And I took that moment and I thought, I need to listen. My body knows best, right? So I was like, I need to listen. And um, and so I did. And I I just walked away and Um, I started supporting female entrepreneurs and ultimately the profession I'm in now fell in my lap because all of my early clients all came to me for the same for the same niche and which is what I what I do now and it's it's I pitch professionally supporting female entrepreneurs so it's been an amazing journey and I just I know in my heart of hearts that I'm being called to do this and so I'm just taking it one day at a time.
0: Absolutely. And when you have a calling, you cannot ignore it. I mean, I wrestled, my father used to tell me, you know, write a book, write a book. You love to write books and everything. And the same thing when my business with COVID started failing, I had three franchises. My daughter was my partner. So we worked together and everything. She was out West running them and, and it was, it started failing. And it was like, oh, do I put, you know, another $100,000 into this business? Or do I just start to do what I'm being called to do, which is help people? you know, and I was actually at a book writing convention and uh, I think we were doing a listening prayer. It was a Christian book writing convention and we were doing something called just the listening prayer where you just kind of sit down and kneel down and just listen and see what comes to you. And the gentleman that was heading it, who is a very, you know, he goes all over and speaks and preaches and, and really is a really good kingdom entrepreneur type gentleman. He came up from the from the listening prayer and he looked around the room and he pointed to me and he said, all I could hear was for you. And he's telling me it's time. Just stop what you're doing and do it. And that's where I came home that night and I was like, that's it. I'm I'm not going back. I'm not throwing myself back into something that I don't enjoy I'm gonna do what my heart's taking me. And it was like six months later, I'd written two books and you know, it just kind of snowballs. Wow. You, you got to yeah. do what you got to do, but yeah, I truly believe, you know, they say he doesn't, He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So now I'm like, okay, now what do I do? What do you tell, you know, where am I going with this now? But it's a journey. It's a journey. It
1: is. It is. And yeah, I just got chills from that story. I I love that. I love that so much. And um, yeah, I think too, you know, that's been a huge part of my healing journey is really opening myself up more to that. And, um, and because of that, I, I feel connected to my father. I can't explain the feeling. I can't explain what it is, but I just have a connection to him. And I know that he's with me and also helping me on my journey.
0: Amen. I love it. Absolutely love it. So I'm going to, I know we've already been on, wow, 25 minutes goes so quick, doesn't it? I could talk to you for days, but um, talk just a little bit more. Cause I want the your understanding of big T versus little T trauma for people, because nothing makes me sadder than people to say, like, say they're listening to your story and going, oh, well, I didn't just lose my father. You know what I mean? Like it was it, I like that or comparing yourself and saying, well, gosh, what she went through is so much worse than what I went through. And I try to stress to people. So I want to hear your perspective on it because trauma is trauma. Big T, little t, it doesn't matter if it changes the way you look at the world or changes the way you feel about yourself or your world or anything going forward, it's worth exploring. So yeah,
1: yeah. I'm so happy you answered, uh, asked me that question because I really kind of I wanted to take the conversation in that direction. Um, And there's really so much I can say about this, but I too, once upon a time, felt that way, right? Um, You know, I was told before by a psychic actually, and she said, "Well, you know, some people are impacted by small things, and that's going to be up for you to to determine." I thought, "What does she mean by that, small things?" Because I thought, "Did something happen to me?" You know when the anger surfaced with my with my father, you know, passing and everything, and I really started peeling back the layers of the onion. And you know, I've I, I've done hypnosis, I've done, you name it, to really try to like uncover what's buried deep in my subconscious, and um, to have her tell me, well, some people are just impacted by little things, and I I, I felt that I felt like, well, what do you mean, little things? All right, I thought, am I storing something that I've I've forgotten about? But really, ultimately, what happens is, you know, the our belief system really stems from our childhood we develop that at such a young child and I'm not pretending to be the expert in this field I just I'm just expressing what I've learned along the way through my journey but moments every every moment that we experience not just as kids but even today as adults every moment we attach a meaning to it we feel an emotion with every moment every every minute of our lives and we attach a meaning to it so depending on what we attach that meaning to be, is going to be stored in our subconscious. And we do that as kids. Um, and so a lot of our way that we are today. So when I talked to her earlier about, you know, the people pleasing, the perfectionism, the the belief that I'm not enough, that, um, you know, that I'm not smart enough, that who who am I to really put myself out there? Who am I to start a business? Who's going to want to invest with me? All of these limiting beliefs are all stemmed from what's been stored in my subconscious as a little girl. And that just comes from Striving to to make my father proud when I was a little girl right striving to meet his standards and again everything he did was done with love it's not like he knew oh my goodness everything i'm doing is going to have such a negative imprint on my on my child growing up, but we it's generational patterns it's generational trauma we carry with us. And it's passed down from generation to generation so you know my parents raised me the way they knew best and what the way they knew how and so on and so if once we become more aware of that we can change those patterns and how we carry it down to generations ahead of us right so doing this deep internal work and the healing and the self love and all of that is really what's going to make an impact in the generations to come but trauma itself whatever meaning we have we attach to a moment if that meaning instills feeling you know the lower vibe feelings as i as i describe them that could be stored in your body as a form of trauma and that could be little trauma so like in, in my case i'm I'm very, very, very hooked on this feeling of just I, I don't belong i'm not good enough and always that perfectionism that is trauma, because I live and walk and breathe that every single day and i'm having to you know, uncover that for myself and really rewire those thoughts in my brain. Because again, those thoughts are coming from your subconscious. Mm -hmm. So it's just like this cycle. So it's learning to rewire those thoughts. And that's where the awareness comes in. When you can be aware, like when I have anger come in and I'm aware, or I have like a limiting belief come in and I'm aware. And I think, okay, actually, no, I am worthy of what I desire. I can do this, right? So it's rewiring those thoughts too, um, and which will ultimately rewire your experience and the emotions and the feelings that you attach at any given moment. Um, the loss of my father, big T, absolutely. And it was that, that really had just a triple effect of, okay, the healing journey. If it weren't for that happening, I don't know exactly like what I said earlier. I don't know where I would be today. I'd probably still be, carrying the kim Tude with me and being that bold, you know, vibracious person who's just like projecting all her shit out into onto everybody. Um but you know everybody's experiences are just. We're all justified in our experiences, you know how something makes me feel might make you feel completely different i'm justified in my feeling and you're justified in your feelings and so it, big or little t it doesn't matter trauma is trauma and and you are justified to to feel and experience what you need to feel and
0: experience i'm i'm gonna give you another the, for the listeners too and i love that explanation another example and i'm just using one of my clients so We, my parents, I mean, my story was, my parents were very, not my father, my mother was very abusive, and she did the verbal berating and the, you know, I hate you, I wish you were never born, blah, 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 and all of that stuff. And it just came at me like, like crazy all day long, all the time. And there's no doubt why I've experienced the trauma I did. Now, my client who I was talking to said, well, it wasn't like that for me. It absolutely wasn't like that for me. And we were talking one day and I was like, well, let's kind of walk back. Like, do you remember anything? Like, let's just pretend. Let's go back to your first grade. Let's just say, go back to first grade. I said, can you think of anything? And we were just like kind of talking and, you know, rehashing some stuff. And she said, yeah, she said, oh, my gosh, I remember in first grade, my mother couldn't come to something And her best friend said to her, your mother must not love you. She probably wished you were never born. So it was one comment one day from a seven year old girl. And she carried that through the rest of her life, just as if her mother had been telling her that her whole life. So that is like, to me was like, wow, that's a good example of big tea, little tree tea, you know?
1: And that's a perfect example of the meaning i mean that mm-hmm. obviously hurt especially when you're a kid right that hurts oh your mother must not love you so then you whatever you attach a feeling to that and it means something to you now so yeah she carried that with her so, and that was stored in her body
0: exactly so yes every, so every time her mother had to work late or had to go anywhere she was like oh she must not love me and it you know it breaks your heart when you think about it but it's again it's so now you you got to go back and give that little seven-year-old self the love that you felt like you weren't given at that time. You know, did you do a lot of inner child work and...
1: I did. I did. I still do. I still uh-huh. do to this day. It's so important to go back and at each stage, right? I actually just was at a retreat recently a couple weeks ago and we did that, but we went back to our teenage self. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, go through every stage of your life and go back and give that little girl, that little boy, whoever's listening some love, right. Um, you know, and to, and to go back and really, ask yourself what you needed in that moment how yes. did you feel in that moment what do you what did you need what do you need and 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 give you know give her that little that little person that little version of you um some love it's so important and i i believe too in you know talking about like the the inner child work hypnotherapy was huge for me and mm-hmm. being able because you know like that experience with your client, she might not like, obviously it was, she wasn't carrying that every day. My mother must not love me. My mother must not love me, but it's a meaning that got stored in her body. So it became a part, you know, it was in her subconscious. It just became a part of her. That was her belief, but not something she had up here necessarily. It's just, it became just a belief in her, you know? So sometimes to really uncover what's buried deep in your subconscious, you have to really get quiet. And I think hypnosis is such a, a beautiful way of uncovering that. It
0: it really is. And I, you know, all the modalities, you probably used them all too, like the EMDR and the EFT tapping and the hypnotherapy. And it's, it's all stuff. I mean, it's, it's all works. Um, and I, I try to share that with my listeners. Like there's so many things to do so many things that you can just put on a YouTube video. I mean, I know it sounds horrible, but yeah. you know, it's like, I tell my clients, she's, she watched his videos like the one girl and she's like, it's just not you. I'm like, well then let's do it together. Don't watch it. You know what I mean? Let's, let's, let's learn it together. And it, but it all works. It all works. And and not everything works for everybody, but there's so many different things that you can try. Something will work. You know, it's just really getting out there and and throwing everything at the wall. Something will stick and a lot of it will stick. And you might not even know it's sticking for years, but it's sticking and you're moving forward.
1: Yeah. And I'm happy you said that because, um, you might not get anything from the first try. Mm -hmm. You, You have to be curious and willing and open enough to, to keep going back and to keep exploring. Um, because you know, I've, it's not like I don't have a revelation every time I sit down to do one of those modalities. Right. But I know that I'm chipping away and it's trusting that you're getting exactly what you need from it in that moment. Mm -hmm. your body your subconscious will not reveal to you what you're not ready to to see absolutely so it's going in and knowing that you're safe because your subconscious and your body is looking out in your best interest and there it's not you're not just going to uncover something that you're not ready for so keep going back right you you might try something and think oh that didn't work but try it again and try it again um
0: And do it with an open mind, because I remember the first time I went and they said, we should hypnotize you. And I went in like, this isn't going to work. Well, I did not have an open mind. And I'm like, see, it didn't work. And then, you know, 10 years later, I was like, let's try this again. Like, maybe, you know, (laughs) maybe. But yeah, no, absolutely. So I've taken up a lot of your time. I appreciate you coming on. If people want to reach out to you to hear more about what you do, where do they reach you? I know it'll be in the show notes, but what's the best, quickest way to get hold of you?
1: So the best way to get a hold of me, I hang out the most on Instagram. So I would say come find me there at Pitch with Kim, P-I-T-C-H with Kim, Pitch with Kim. Um, that is where I hang out the most. You can DM me. I'm an open book. I love you know, connecting. Um, and the other thing I want to say is I do um, have a podcast out there. I've since sunsetted it because I am in transition. I'm going to be launching a podcast for my business, but redefining anger. And so if any of what I shared today resonates with you at all, there is a year's worth, there's like 52 episodes out there of listening and you can hear other women's stories as well. Um, they've come forward to courageously and vulnerably share their experiences. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's really to anger. It's really just um, knowing that you're not alone and whatever you're going through, someone else is going through it too. So it's a, a really great resource, I would say, to reference. And if you do listen to it, let me know. I just love, I just love hearing if it impacts you in any way.
0: Perfect. And we'll get that in the show notes too. So people don't have to remember this stuff as they're driving. Um, but I also want before we get done here, if you could go back, say to when you were at the throes of it, or you could go back to someone that's in your situation starting out, what would be your best words of advice or words of wisdom you could give them?
1: Surrender. Surrender and release control. Um, you know, that's the the one thing, and I would say that's part of my generational trauma too, is just like the need to have <laughs> control over everything. I think a lot of people can relate to this too, right? Um, and so, but in that moment, trying to control everything, you know, I had so many people coming at me and saying, you know, cause I was six months pregnant. So well, we're worried more about the baby. Like you need to be, you need to be strong. And so for me, it was like, well, I need to be strong. And so I just put on this like armor of strength, which was anger. I'm like, okay, anger, you're my strength protect me. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So just really just surrender, release control and let be what will be, let it be. Right. And so I think that's a great way too, of just, um, you you have to allow yourself to feel nobody likes feeling the you know the, the the icky things right we don't like to feel the anger the sad the grief the you know the distress we don't like to but it's necessary for the body to release it so when i say surrender i don't only mean like in the like literal sense but really just just let yourself just release the control you're trying to have on how you want to feel and just you know it's okay to be to not be okay like you said Yep, absolutely that's, i think that's my biggest tip uh, if i can go back to myself in that time i would really really embody that
0: perfect thank you so much for coming, for kimming for coming Kim. <laughs> i appreciate you coming on it was great and i'm sure the listeners will absolutely love this episode thank you
1: thank you tammy
0: you're very welcome and for all of the people out there listening Remember, tune in again for more stories of hope and healing. And remember, drop anywhere social media that you hear me, just drop podcast in there and I will invite you to two free weeks to check out my course with me just to have fun. Let's just all have fun and heal together. Thank you very much, bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. If this episode resonated with you or you think someone else could benefit from what you heard, why not share it with someone you care about let's heal from our past and take back control of our lives together if you're interested in learning more head on over to www.tammyvincent.com for a free chapter of my book surviving alcoholic parents while you're there be sure to catch my invigorating seminar awakening your authentic self together we will rewrite our stories and turn trials into triumphant smiles until next time Keep embracing your strength, keep being you, and know that you are more than enough. You are way more than enough right here, right now.